are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Monday, and you can take a breath now, the season is over officially they had two more games to go loot losses to the golden state warriors and the los angeles lakers since they've been officially eliminated from playoff contention but it's now done so if you didn't watch these past two games i don't blame you there was nothing really to play for there was no zion williamson there was no brandon ingram it's tough to kind of really watch something like that especially with one of them being late night games both of them being late night games so if you didn't we're going to recap those first two games for you or the last two games for you i should say and then we're going to kind of give a little bit of a preview of the offseason where do the pelicans stand where do they go from here and kind of wrap up the year in a quick segment and we'll obviously have more stuff like this over the rest of the week and weeks and months to come. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So the NBA playoffs are almost here and you don't want to miss any of the big storylines and team previews and you can find it every day on the Locked On NBA podcast. Follow the Locked On NBA podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so Friday night, the Pelicans took on the Golden State Warriors, the end of their road trip, which went coast to coast, which is pretty rough. And road games are already tough in general in the NBA this season, but this one even more so. And, you know, it's funny, though, because we could talk about this game. And if I didn't really mention players and kept it in kind of the most generic terms, it would... Seemed like a regular season game for the Pelicans earlier on in the year. Not one really at the end of the year because it kind of fits that pattern. They came out and got absolutely kind of whipped in the beginning by the Golden State Warriors to the point where at half they were down by 19 points, pretty much 18 points at half, but the lead was as big as 19 for the Golden State Warriors. Then in the fourth quarter, the Pelicans mounted a furious comeback, actually grabbed the lead with about two or three minutes left to go in this one, and then ultimately faltered by missing shots and threes down the stretch. Sounds familiar. Sounds like we've seen this one too many times so far this season. We most definitely have. That's what happened here in this one. But they did it without Zion. They did it without Brandon Ingram. But for the Golden State Warriors, there was no Steph Curry in this one either, not playing alongside Draymond Green or Andrew Wiggins. So there was no star power whatsoever in this game. And the Pelicans really, really struggled. You had the Jordan Poole game, allowing him to go for 38 points on the night. Michael Mulder went for 28 points on the night. As the Pelicans Pelicans really struggled to defend both those guys from three. Mulder was seven of 13. Poole was four of nine. These are like mini Steph and Clay kind of numbers here. And the Pelicans have struggled to defend the three-point line all season long. And it really showed in this one. But for the Pelicans, you did see some bright spots. Najee Marshall managed to get a triple-double in this one. 20 points, 13 rebounds, three assists. You just love the effort that he brings. It's He's a more offensive version of Kenny Hustle. I think, which you know what, given that that Kenrich Williams gave you nothing offensively, but we loved everything else he did. If you're getting some offense out of him, it's a great thing. Again, that's going to go down as a great signing for New Orleans. Billy Hernan Gomez, almost a triple double, 10 points, nine rebounds. You're going to hear us talk about him here in the next segment as well. 
Eric Bledsoe only played 15 minutes. Thank you. Where was that all year long? 11 points on the night, but it was really Nikhil Alexander-Walker who stole the show. 30 points alongside four assists, five rebounds, three steals, four of eight shooting from deep. The problem was... He struggled to score down the stretch, just going two of seven in late in the fourth quarter. He's taking shots, but they weren't falling. We love this guy because he's instant offense off the bench. But don't forget, he's been really, really streaky in his career. Kind of boom or bust type of player. Now, it's his second year. He's doing the right thing, so you would hope the results will start to follow. But that shot maybe isn't as good as we thought it could be when he first lit it up in summer league. I'm higher on Jackson Hayes as a long-term prospect than I am with Nikhil Alexander-Walker for that reason. There's some shades, some shades, not that far, of Lonzo Ball in him with that, where if your offense isn't going, you might be almost hurting your team. Down the stretch, it wasn't falling, but he did manage to put up 30. Someone had to go do some work, so we'd love to see it from him. And look, again, the next year is really going to be the make or break year for him when it comes to trying to be a consistent basketball player. Didi Luzada, two of six, six points on the night, two of five from three, though. I like that he's shooting threes. I like that he's making threes. More importantly, he can do no wrong. We love that dude right now. And then Jackson Hayes off the bench, 19 points, seven of 14, eight rebounds. His continued ascension to being a quality NBA guy and rotation player. Not, again, I don't think he's ready to be a starter just yet, but he's not horribly, horribly far off, I think, depending on how this next season goes for him. So good production from him. And then Wenyan Gabriel, who's continued to get a bunch of run late in the season here, 14 points for him, three of seven from deep. This guy the team has a team option on, could bring him back for really cheap, and he's shown something. I don't quite know what, and he's going to be a guy that'll be interesting to do the season in review on, but He's shown something that at least the Pelicans should consider bringing him back next year. So before we get into the Los Angeles Lakers game, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Indeed.com. You're the hiring expert for your company, and what you really need is help making your shortlist of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who helps make your life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three, post, screen, and interview all on Indeed.com. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster, only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications, and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. With tools like Indeed Instant Match giving you quality candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your job description immediately and Indeed skills tests that on average reduce hiring time by 27%. You can choose from more than 130 skills tests then add your must-have requirements so you only pay for applications that meet them. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. So if you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job posting at Indeed.com slash locked. That's a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. So going into the final game of the regular season in the Smoothie King Center, playing a fairly motivated Los Angeles Lakers team who at one point in this game were maybe hoping to avoid the play-in tournament. I'm going to talk about that tomorrow too because LeBron is doing some stuff that's 
minorly annoying. I know a lot of people dislike him for the narrative controlling stuff that he does. He's doing a lot of it right now. We'll chat about it tomorrow uh, as I kind of show you what's going on here. But yeah, it's actually a little annoying this year with some of the narratives you're going to hear coming out around the Los Angeles Lakers that have, you know, LeBron James and Anthony Davis and are the defending world champions. And you're, they're going to make you think they've been in the lottery for almost a decade, which they kind of were prior, prior to the run they put together last year. Anyway, Going into the final game against the Lakers, you could forgive the Pelicans for not really caring. Again, no Zion, no Brandon Ingram, no Lonzo Ball. Just really nothing much to play for whatsoever in this one. But you know what? They didn't fold, at least not for the first half, and came out looking like they really wanted to play. Yes, it was a 110-98 loss for your New Orleans Pelicans, but they were only down by uh, four at halftime, which overall... Given where they've been the season and the way things could have gone is pretty good. They started to come back a little bit in this game and looked alive at times, but it just wasn't meant to be, which probably a good thing for New Orleans overall. You want these kind of play hard but lose games at the end of the regular season to improve some lottery odds. And the Pelicans have done that to a, a little bit of a degree. And we'll, we'll look at that coming up here in the next segment and a whole bunch over the next m- couple of months or so. Najee Marshall, again, 18 points, six rebounds, seven assists, one steal. Did have seven turnovers, trying to do a little bit too much offensively, but he was four of six. Again, he's going to be a guy who probably isn't starting for you next season, but should be a fixture in the rotation without a doubt. James Johnson, eight points off the bench. That's a guy that maybe they can bring back on a veteran minimum deal, certainly not 15 million plus dollars, whatever he's making this year. But I like kind of that dimension that he's added to the team. He was 0 for 2, but his three-point shot at times has looked okay, though not all that great here. But just some veteran toughness. But really, if you're trying to compete for the playoffs, he's probably not a guy that should be getting tons of minutes or really any minutes. But having a guy like that on the team, depending on how your roster is shaking out, could be somewhat useful to have. Billy Hernan Gomez, 19 points, 13 rebounds. He's done well over the final quarter of the regular season in terms of scoring and rebounding. And one of the questions I'm going to throw out to everyone and one of the things that we're going to spend an episode looking at this offseason is, could he start? Is this a guy who has regularly at times put up double-doubles here? Is he a guy that could start for the Pelicans? Do you need a guy like Steven Adams? I think I've got some ideas on how I'll go with this one. I haven't dove into a lot of the numbers in the film just yet. I think it's borderline, and I think you could easily make a case for it. He was 8 of 11 in this one, giving you exactly kind of what you needed from him. Not a a ton. He's not a big threat offensively, but he can score at the rim. He can grab some boards. Do you need much more than that from a center here in New Orleans? Eric Bledsoe, again, playing a ton of minutes. 13 points on the night for him. Who cares? Nikhil Alexander-Walker, an off-shooting night. He is, again, that kind of boom or bust kind of guy. 14 points, 5 of 15 from the field, 2 of 8 from 3. Four rebounds, five assists, four turnovers. Again, to be 14 points is good, but it's inefficient basketball. 14 points on 15 shots is not good. There's nights where he's just off. So next year, in terms of being a consistent score, a more efficient score is going to be kind of make or break for him. He's shown flashes of it, but he doesn't give it to you enough. So while we love this guy, because you know what? There's a very limitation, a uh, very big limit to the guard play that we see here in New Orleans. I don't know if he's necessarily the answer. He's better in terms of that stuff, in terms of scoring and going downhill than basically anyone else on the roster is from the guard position, but he's not an efficient scorer and you still need to be able to do that, which makes kind of evaluating him tough. 
compared to his teammates, looks amazing. Compared to others around the league, probably not so good. Didi Luzada didn't score in this one, but we don't care. We love you. You can do no wrong. And then Jackson Hayes off the bench, 10 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists. But a bit of a dirty play from Marcus Gasol as Jackson Hayes was going into basically just posterize him, kind of putting his body in with his arms across his chest, leaning forward, you know, almost like he's trying to brace himself for charge, which I think he was to a certain degree, but really also doing that, not just to take the charge, but to proactively push, I think, Jackson Hayes away. Usually when you're taking the charge, you kind of put your arms down. He had them up and started to kind of extend him, not a, not fully, which is why they didn't review it or call any sort of flagrant because he kept him to his chest. But he did lean forward a little bit, though. You probably would if you're going to take that charge. But you know what? If that, that That's not a charge call. So it was a bit of a dirty play on his end. I don't think it's like outright dirty, but a bit of a dirty play. And then Jackson Hayes came down awkwardly, immediately left the game and couldn't put any weight on his leg. They confirmed that it was a knee injury, not an ankle injury, which is what we thought it might have been. And that's concerning because... We didn't really see any contact, though, according to Andrew Smith, good friend at Drew Productions, he said he's got an update that Jack should be fine in one to two weeks, not expected to miss any time. So as soon as we get an official update there, that's going to be awesome. Glad to see that he's okay. Last thing you want in kind of the final game of a regular season is a big injury like that. Really, the bright spot off the bench for New Orleans was Kyra Lewis Jr., inconsistent rookie year, but 12 points on the night, four of six shooting, one of two from three, four assists, three rebounds. Pretty perfect for him. Just get out there, score, shoot your shots. Can't really complain about anything. For the Lakers side, the thing that concerns me a little bit in this one, and it probably ties into the Billy Hernan Gomez thing, 13 points, 13 rebounds for Andre Drummond in 20 minutes of action. LeBron James, by the way, injured himself a little bit in the fourth quarter, eventually came out of the game. But at that point, the Lakers were kind of running away with this one, and it didn't ultimately matter. So the Pelicans lose, and they fall on the season to one win better than they had last year. They, at this point now, with it being done, 31 and 41. So let's talk a little bit about this season and kind of preview some of the offseason coming up here in the next segment. So before we get to that, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action over at BetOnline and you can get the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams are in to the playoffs now. So head to the website using your mobile device, sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code locked on over at betonline.ag, betonline your online sportsbook experts. Today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor? So when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about which one they love the most. And if you don't know what the flavors are, well, you're missing out. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's something for everyone. My favorite flavor, mint brownie. Unless you can score some of the limited time flavors like the churro puff bar, which is delicious, or 
the coconut brownie chunk bar, which is also excellent. So if you haven't given a try to all of the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine different flavors. And not only are Built Bars the best tasting, but they're also healthy too. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams sugar, and only four grams net carbs. So you're not wasting all that cardio that you did at the gym. So order today, go get that mint brownie, the double chocolate, which I absolutely love. And you can do that by going to BuiltBar.com and using promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So wrapping up today's show and the Pelican season, regular season, I should say, but we've got a long off season ahead of us that's going to be filled with really interesting things to think about and interesting topics to discuss about where this team goes because they seem at times close and at times really, really far away. But the regular season is done. They finished with one more win than they did last year. This was a shortened year, so it was last year too. Um, so in an 82-game season, you figured they could, you know, potentially have done a little bit more. But it's kind of disappointing to finish with only one more win while being relatively healthy all year long, like the healthiest team for the most part all year long, while seeing Zion take that jump, while seeing Brandon Ingram maintain his level of production, to not have it translate to success has been disappointing. The flaws on the roster are very clearly evident, and even during the Los Angeles Lakers game, you had David Griffin jump on the broadcast doing some damage control, I think. Usually it's when things start to kind of go against him that you see him do this kind of stuff. Um, And he talked about it, saying, you know what? They need more shooting, and that the front office won't make that mistake again. So one, admitting it was a mistake, that's good, and it's a concern that they missed that in the first place when sometimes, you know, it's it's kind of obvious you need shooting in today's NBA. And look, the Jazz are the first team in NBA history with 10 plus made threes in every single game this season. Every single game, they made at least 10 threes. And this is from Will Guillory of the Athletic Friend of the Show. The Pelicans finished 29 games this season with single digit made threes. The disparity there is stark. 29 games out of a 72-game season, you don't make double-digit threes. That's not good. That's not going to work, particularly with Zion and needing to have shooters that make teams pay for doubling and tripling him, because otherwise, they're going to keep doing that. They're probably going to do it anyway, but you at least need to make those teams pay. So the Pelicans have a lot to figure out and need to kind of retool their roster to a certain degree and find ways to add more shooting. And as I've said repeatedly, I think they need to kind of go in more on offense than defense so far this season. So they need to do a good bit. Some things to keep in mind that are going to be top priorities in free agency. It's going to be Lonzo Ball and then to a lesser extent, Josh Hart, restricted free agents. And then they have their own first round pick in the draft and four seconds in this draft. They're not going to use all of those or you would hope they're not going to use all of those. And speaking of the draft, well, they finished in a three-way tie for eighth meaning they have a 20% chance, 20.3% chance to jump into the top four. A three-way tie between the Kings, the Bulls, and their pick goes to Orlando, basically, and the Pelicans. So that tiebreaker between all three of those, when that gets sorted out, is going to be rather important. Because if no one jumps up and that tiebreaker gets sorted out, the Pelicans could be eighth 
or they could be 10th in the draft. There's a bit of a significant difference to that too. So that's where they stand and where we'll start to look at when we start to do mock drafts and start to bring on people to talk about the draft, draft experts that are part of the Locked On Podcast Network as well, which I'm really excited about because the Pelicans could go any number of ways with that. But the, uh, the Pels also, by the way, 4.5% chance at the number one overall pick. So this is going to be a very pivotal offseason. I don't think anyone's going to get fired. I don't think anyone's on the hot seat here. But going into next year, the expectations are going to be significantly higher than they were this season. It's not going to be enough to just get into the play-in tournament, I don't think. You got year three of Zion Williamson. This is year five in the NBA, for, or sorry, six in the NBA for Brandon Ingram next year. You've got to start to make that jump and be that team. Otherwise, people are going to get mighty, mighty nervous. And we've talked a little bit about it on the show, the high-level view of what could happen in a doomsday scenario with Zion Williamson potentially wanting out of New Orleans if things don't get fixed quick enough. No reason to think that. You'd be going against every precedent set in NBA history. But it's worth keeping an eye on, but we're not going to freak out about it just yet. So the Pelicans need to get this offseason right, though, to potentially avoid that in another season from now. So hopefully they can do this. We'll be covering it all here and maybe giving David Griffin some ideas on what to do as well. So thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow to start the offseason.